listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 100 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast. We can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Don't Stephen Don't we deserve Elbeke. a little more fanfare than that? Yes, I mean, the, budget, I, the budget on this band. show. Fire that band. <laughs> Maybe I'll add other fanfare in. We'll see that, what happens. No, no, no. Please don't. The budget Sponsored is perfect. Nintendo. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin, the Lathan Conger III. Our guest tonight, you know, when I when we decided we were going to have, uh, you know, when we decided, well, I, you know, clearly we knew we were going to have a hundredth episode because you know we did ninety nine last week. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we decided, uh, we we're trying to think of what we wanted to do for our hundredth episode. Uh, we said, you know, we thought of, we played around with the idea of doing a special episode like we've done in the past for for certain holidays and and stuff like that, and we just decided that I think we would just invite back our. Our, our most our, our guest that has been on the most number of times and is uh, our, our sort of uh, honorary member of Cinemental, um, making his fourth appearance tonight on the show uh, and a very special and, and thankful appearance in episode 100, uh, a storyteller from San Diego, California, living in Madison, Mississippi, award-winning writer of comic book short stories and short films, but mostly he just spends his days directing creatively as an ad man. James Ninnis, welcome hey. to episode 100 of Cinemental. It is a pleasure to be here with you boys uh, once again. And I just thank you for that horn at the beginning. <laughs> it really <laughs> sets the That was my that me. was my Muppet homage. Yeah, it it's sets perfect. The, it sets the bar, right? You <laughs> yeah. can't we're never going lower than that. So we're was, gonna be I, all right. <laughs> I was really hoping after I did that, Latham was Latham was gonna go boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. Can you boom, do it boom. again? It was very Monty Python. Yeah, that sounds like the big one of the beginning stages of Super Mario Brothers. Okay, that's oh, it does. It does. James has just emerged from a green pipe. Okay, perfect. Oh my god. All righty. Actually, if anyone's in a green pipe, it's Hassan. Now I really wish. I really wish I picked Mario Brothers for tonight. I'm, I'm actually oh, <laughs> never seen and, it, and I've never seen it. We'll do video game movies in five. I've right? seen it. it was video, coming, game video game movies is coming in, in my fifth would, appearance. Oh, I've yeah. seen it, and it would be a way different show. I'm just letting <laughs> you know that. Have you seen the the, the extended cut that just came out? The oh 20, 25 extra minutes of footage. Oh Jesus! It's yeah, on YouTube. It, you can watch it free. It didn't need that though. Twenty extra but, minutes. There's a okay. whole subplot where the Mario Brothers have a rival, like gang mafia plumbing company. There, <laughs> I, I have no idea if he's kidding right now. No, uh, I don't think. I, no, I no if, you've, if you have, if you had any inkling of that movie, you'd know. Even if he is kidding, it, he's not kidding because yeah. that movie is 
Okay, yeah, I won't. That means he's all other kinds of terrible. The, 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 two Coop, the two idiot guys that follow Cooper around, they have a rap battle at the end. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Hassan. It's, it's, it's not... It's not Scott Pilgrim, let's just say. No, it's, oh. it's, no that's saying a lot. <laughs> it does not achieve Scott Pilgrim status by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, yeah, so uh, on that note, I think we will suffer from consumption. Huh. <laughs> that's going to be in all our heads for the whole, for the next three hours. I bet the underground was like, did it, did it, uh, Latham, what do you got? I actually saw a few movies this week. Oh, very, very proud of myself. I also, uh, in a week's time, finished Mayor of Easttown. So did I. Which you 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 said I wouldn't do, but I did it. Uh, and no, I said I said you wouldn't do it in time for Sunday's final. Did you do it before oh. Sunday? Uh, well, I I work Sundays Sunday nights, so I couldn't have watched it anyway. But we watched it first thing. Tuesday you were caught up. You were caught up in time for it, though. Yeah, caught up okay, in time. All for right. It. So, James, have you seen it? No, Steve actually. Hit I actually hit him up about ago. it. I just added it to the list, though, so I'll, I will be watching it soon. Okay, it's only, I... it's only seven episodes, and it is it is well worth your time. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm into guys here. Eh. Really? It's okay. I mean, I guess it almost lost me Meh. for about five minutes in the seventh episode, and then I realized that it wasn't going to lose me. And I, I, I think it's a masterful series. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. No, I, no, I, I can't wait to hear what that point was. No one's just, just well, I, I can't, I don't want to. No, I understand. I, I, I get James it. James would really enjoy it. It's worth your time. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, right. No yeah. bad acting, tons of surprises. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tight yeah. seven episode nope. series. No way do you guess what happens. The very original. That's not true. Well, it's, That's not, not, true. it's not very original, <laughs> but I, I had absolutely no problems with where they went getting there, how they got there. Okay, that's fair. I didn't guess it, so. Uh, neither did I. I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't see where they were going. I haven't seen it. Uh... Oh, apparently Hassan did. Okay, well. He saw the ending of The Usual Suspects before that. Became oh, yeah, right. So, you know, I mean, someone actually ruined that movie for me. I had never, yeah, I, I remember that. Never seen it. Uh, I, remember cold. You I remember you telling yeah. me that. That sucks because so that's funny. I don't know if time. I would have ever figured it out. Uh, I, I, I would, I would, I usually prefer to not know that whatever movie I'm watching is going <laughs> to be a mystery because right. I'm, I, I'm Your brain's just going to start trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, it's meticulous. It's, and it's I, just I, I, like, gen, I generally okay, it's assume gotta be that it's got to be that. No, it's got to be that. Okay, now exactly they just did this, and then obviously that meant this, yeah. and then you carry the two, and you did put that over there, and then that's got to be that. So it's got to be that guy. Yeah, and I, then, I, I stopped trying to outthink everybody. I'd like to just relax and just let it soak in. Me I too. Mean, I, I, I can unpack it later, but I try to enjoy it in the moment as best I can. So do I. It's just, it's, but I know, but I know difficult. when they, when they give you the answer in, or what potentially is going to be the answer in it, when there, and there's a whole episode to go, clearly there, something else is going to happen. They're not just going to spend an hour doing wrap ups with your characters. Yeah. So, right. Correct. Uh, the one thing I did find interesting, um, and I don't know if any of you guys saw this uh, story. So in an interview with Brad Inglesby, who's the guy who wrote the whole series. Yep. He said he wrote it as an event series. There is no more. Mm. 
He said I there, figured are, there wasn't, but that's good. Yeah. There he said there aren't any more. He said, but I, he goes, I will say, um, did you guys, and I don't know if they're after each episode, James, there's a little short, like few minutes where like little background featurette on at the end of each episode. Yeah. HBO does that for a lot of their, real life okay. Stuff. And, uh, and so Kate Winslet was very involved with the development of her character over and above what she would nor you know what somebody would normally be and yep. so anglesby was kind of like he came out and said he said listen he goes i wrote this as a one shot seven episode miniseries that's it no other stories he goes but he goes i will say that if kate and i were able to come up with another story that we both felt served her character he's like i would he goes i would be more than happy to do another do another one hmm. So it, it, he left the door open, but he did say that he went in with the plan that this was one story. And that's it. So, and it's, and it's, it's, and, and listening, the last one was funny because they did a little bit about uh, the dialect because like half the goddamn cast is British. And I'm yeah, like, and they saw, they are, they're all talking and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, and then, you know, and then you know, one of the guys is Australian and there are other guys are British. And you're like, by the time they got to an American actor, I'm like, well, at least he didn't have to fight so hard to get his dialect down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was funny because when I started watching, I couldn't figure out where they were at first. And I was like, I'm like, are they supposed to be like somewhere in Massachusetts? Are they, are they somewhere in Connecticut? Where the fuck are, and then they find, you finally realize that it takes place in Pennsylvania, but mm. it's just like, there's the, there's a certain, there was a certain dialect. They had a dialect coach, but there was a certain way that they say one particular letter. That's like, just seems, it just seems out of place when they're talking, like even when they're talking generally, but for that area, that is. That's what, you know, it's like the whole, you know, the whole, what's it all about thing with, uh, you know, with Canada. <laughs> yeah. And it's right by Philadelphia or, uh, 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 amalgamation of towns around Philadelphia, basically. Or like, yeah, but I, I never noticed that, that, that sort of sound talking to, I know a lot of people who live down in that area and I just, I've never caught that, you know, I didn't catch much of the X. I mean, I caught a little bit of it, but. I didn't notice it until they did the featurette on it. Oh, okay. After, okay. after the, but yeah, I, I, uh, that being said, uh, definitely quality seven hours of TV for sure. James, All have right. you seen any others uh, of Zobel's movies? The director. I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, what has he done? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Z for Zachariah. No. Uh, oh, he did Z for Zachariah. He did Z for Zachariah too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, compliance is the one I'm begging these two to watch. Uh, what does that sound familiar? It's about, uh, it's based on a true story about the, uh, I don't know how it's, what it's actually called. It's called the fast food restaurant scam. Uh, where it's better to not tell you about if you've never seen it, but okay, someone I'll calls a fast food restaurant and begins a scam with the manager and things right. go really, really bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, his, the, the, the big one he did was the hunt. Pretty well, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he's been well, he's been working on stuff for a while. He did a lot of TV episodes for. Yeah, uh, he, he directed all seven episodes of this. Uh, he, he did the a Hunt West was World the movie, episode. Yeah. The last movie I saw in a theater before COVID. Oh, really? Wow, that was the last movie I saw, and then theaters closed down like the next week. That's right. That's right. Oh, wow, and it got it had gotten postponed from like eight months before. 
because right, it yeah. happened right around. It was supposed to come out right around the time that there were a couple of big shootings. Yeah. yeah. So they like they put, they pushed it off and that. said, "No, we can't There's do that." And then when I find, and then when I certain amount of time. Yeah, and then I finally saw it, and I'm like, I don't Seen even know what this has to do with that. One in particular, and, and it was but a. I it was way better than I thought it was going to be, and b. It was it was another one of those movies that you watch and you're like, this is not the movie that, that even the trailer says it is. No, I really yeah. liked it, but it felt like it felt like when my friends talk without a point. Ah, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like you ever have yeah. a friend who's like interesting. He 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 says like a paragraph worth of words, and at the end you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say. Like <laughs> I heard your words, <laughs> don't know what you're trying to fucking say. That was the fun for me. Like it was, it was fun to watch. I really liked it, but at the end, I was like, I don't know what the fuck the point of that movie. Like, I don't know why it needed to exist. <laughs> That's it was fair great. enough. That's a good summation of it. Yeah. 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 This one tends it, it. It leans so far. It's like this is the direction we're going. It's like, but maybe this is the right way. And then yes. it's like in the middle, and you're like. It, they push really hard in one direction. So that's the thing to where it's, where it's going to follow through. And then by the time you get to the end, it's drifted so far back to the middle. You're like, yeah. well, well then why, why did you just push so hard? Right. Right. I think they were trying to do it like, and now you decide. And it's like, I, can, I, I fucking did that before I got to you. Like, I don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you to help me be neutral. I don't need like, to learn how to ride a bike again. I know how to ride a yeah, bike. Jesus. Anyways. Yeah, I really liked it, but it was it was kind of pointless. It's flippant, yeah. flippant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Lake. I watched. Uh, uh, I went to the theater and saw a Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, jealous! How did you How did you like the first one? I liked it a lot. I mean, oh. I, I think that's a good movie. That's a okay. good original movie, well directed, especially for a first time director. How did you feel about the second one? Uh, second one. Is decent. It's good. Uh, it ends very abruptly, very like uncomfortably abruptly. Oh, and I like the sound uh, of that. And it didn't really expand on anything. I thought so. It's good. It, yeah. It's decent enough, but it's just like you're watching another ninety minutes of a Quiet Place Part One. That's what it feels without anything really. Uh, interesting being great about it although the girl the girl actress who plays the deaf girl is the deaf girl awesome. yes I, I don't know what her name is i know she's been in a ton of stuff she's great latham is it worth um, the price of admission to theater or should we wait for at home i would wait i would okay. wait okay yeah and visually it's perfect uh but nothing uh that you need to see on a giant screen i would say so but it, it's good if you like the first one a lot maybe you want to see it just to see it on the big screen, yeah. Companionship. Yeah, I loved. I I I absolutely loved the first one. Yeah, first yeah. first one's really good. It's it's well written. It's smartly <clears throat> suspenseful. This is suspenseful too. Uh, just I don't know. Just I I think I was expecting more. And I've never been in a movie theater that quiet before. Hmm. Like the the movie theater the movie theater experience. Now, given I was at the world premiere, so the audience at that was a, a lot more respectful than your general audience. But there were points in that movie during the quietest moments in that movie where literally if someone had dropped something somewhere in that auditorium, you would have heard it everywhere. It was, yep. I, it was scary quiet. Like the, like people were afraid to breathe. It Same was with this one at times. Uh, good. Good. About 
30 people in the theater. There's a lot of people in the theater. Uh, maybe not 30, maybe 20. Uh, but it was quiet for most of the movie. And Good. obviously that's the point. So, yeah. Um, cool. So saw that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, episode next episode of The Boys, which I like more and more as it goes along. Um, and uh, I watched one of my favorite movies to watch on the when I was young and they'd have the ABC Sunday night movie and it would be stretched out on Sunday night from like six or six 30 till 10 central standard time. 10 commands. Whenever this came on, I always watched it and it's become one of my favorite, like all time disaster movies. And that was uh, the towering inferno. Oh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's called it. And did you watch it without commercials? It's graphic. I watched it without commercials. Okay, good. Yeah. Back in the, back in the day when that works better with commercials, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, yeah, I don't know, just long exposition scenes of how they're going to get out of a certain room or, or fix this problem. And I don't, it's, I still like it a lot, but it's the pacing on it is maybe a little bit questionable at times. Um, And I think, I'm not sure if I ever saw it, um, uh, an original version or a non-edited version because a lot of people uh, die and burn to death in the version I saw. And the yes. one on TV, they <laughs> kind of cut all that out, which is <laughs> fairly silly because it's an inferno happening in a tower. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a shot where some... Yeah, Batter. they couldn't show it on, on, on network TV, right, Hassan? So... There's a shot where a guy falls out and he like hits the building, like part of the building on the way down and goes spinning. I'm like, I don't remember that from the TV, the TV showing up. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I watched it again about a year ago and, uh, yeah. yeah, Cause it's that same thing. I remember from my childhood, uh, you know, watching it on TV and just being, you know, it's Paul Newman and Steve McQueen. I mean, how can you go wrong? Uh, you know, Irwin, Al- Irwin Allen disaster movie, you know, it's, it's got everything you want. And, uh, uh, I, I, I fully enjoyed the experience of watching it again. I didn't, uh, I just, I just fell right into place and enjoyed it as a good disaster movie. And, uh, it was fun to see. It's fun to see those guys working together. Um, you know, they don't really get together toward till almost the very end, but it's, uh, it's just fun to see the movie. It's always just fun to see, you know, movies with Steve McQueen and Paul Newman in them, you know, it's, it's, you know, and then to see one with both of them in them, it's like, ah, it's a bonus. It's like, I get both of them. And William Holden. And yeah. Faye Dunaway and everybody. It's just it's a great loaded, cast, yeah. Loaded with people in that movie. But that's all I watched this week. So uh well, more than you have in the last few weeks. So that's yeah, good. oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was happy with my uh output. Or I feel in, like I'm a productive input. member of this this uh, job now. So Hassan. All right. Uh <laughs> sorry. Con- cons- consumer of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. Uh, what did I watch? I, I, not much. Um, yeah, because I'm trying to get back to, I'll, I'll, yeah, you know, I'll, I'm trying to get back to working. So, first, the there first thing is. I watched, <laughs> that's actually, I live my whole life to that theme, actually. Yeah. It, it works, it works very well with almost everything that I do. It plays in your head when yeah. you're walking down the streets of Manhattan, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I watched the the latest episode of the Bad Batch and um, the last episode, the the final episode of the, of the Mighty Ducks, which I, you know what, 
a little ashamed to admit that I enjoyed that, but fuck it. I enjoy, I enjoyed the hell out of the Mighty Ducks. Well, I'd be ashamed you liked it. Why? Because uh, it's kind of, it's, it's, I mean, the last, the last episode is so saccharine that I almost went into a coma, you know, like I almost <laughs> passed out. And it's fine. It is exactly what you expect, but it's like, oh, come on, guys. You know, like, all right, I, I see no other way you could have you could have ended this, but Jesus Christ. Um, it's kind of like the opposite of of Children of Men, where it's like, can, can, can why don't you just drop a nuke at the end of the movie? You know, like, it's like, like how bleak can this get? <laughs> uh, then I, for some reason over the weekend, I got into this, like, this compulsion I had to watch both of the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies back to back. I don't know why, but I was like, I, I got it I, I, right now. And so I watched both of those movies. I nothing watched wrong with either one. Never um, seen it. Nothing wrong with it. Well, I like the first one a little better than the second one, but there's yeah, nothing wrong same, with the other one. Same. Um, the second one gets a little long winded. Yeah, it gets it. It, it as my uh, favorite saying, it gets a, little, it gets a little up its ass, you know, yeah. up its own ass. Yeah, it but but, uh, but I enjoyed it. I watched all of uh, seasons one and two of The Alienist over the weekend. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> I read, read the book. book. Did you read the book? No, I read the I book. I never watched the show. I loved the book. The book was Jesus Christ. The, the book was good. Yeah, the show is kind of yeah dense. I don't know whether it's good or bad. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I enjoyed it to to the point I where watch- I watched all of it. But I didn't watch the second season. I saw the first season and I liked I liked the changes that they made. I was okay with the changes from the book that they made, especially the one the only thing I didn't like at the beginning, and I know why they did it, they did it to create a little bit more conflict. But uh, some of the characters at the begin that they laid out in the book were were a lot more the the characters worked better together and it seemed like they had to work harder at it in the TV version. And I think they just did it to force a little bit more conflict. Yeah. But I just felt like the relationships in the book were a little smoother, especially, especially involving Teddy Roosevelt, because they, the, the whole key to that whole thing was that guy's friendship with Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And, it, you know, they they just made this kind of, you know, heads beating together thing at a certain point. And you're like, guys, come on. That's the whole, the whole core of this is of the, the foundation. This is the idea that he's behind this, you know, yeah. as the, as the, the chief of police in New York city, you know? Yeah. Right. And they just kind of played him more as a ancillary, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a stunt cast, like, Oh, yeah, and by almost, the way, Teddy Roosevelt's in this, you know? Yeah. They did. They didn't want his character to take over, you know? So they're like, they kept him as a far on the sidelines as they needed. To. Yeah. And the problem with that casting or whatever, he's in, he's a particular, he's a good actor. I like him, but I, don't like him like i i think he's good at it but there's something about that actor that's hurt yeah. me and other things that i've seen so who like plays teddy who, who I, pulled I don't that remember um i'll look i'll look you keep yeah. going he was in uh well he was also one of the uh probational or pro- prohibition officers in uh board boardwalk empire and uh, i didn't like him in that either oh yeah this guy's so, a real Brian, punchable face Bri- yes. Brian Garotti. yeah yeah now, see, that's the, yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate because he's really good. He's got a punchable face. Yeah, see, I didn't say that. That's not me who said it. I just, yeah. I, I want, I want to be very clear <laughs> that I didn't say it, it. Is it is true though? He looks like the guy at every party that like <laughs> stands against the wall and waits for someone to fall down so we can go cop a feel. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow, you know what I mean? Like he's that guy at the party. Everyone's like, who fucking invited that? Guy? Yeah. yeah. You took it to you a darker place than I did. I just, I just listen. <laughs> I, 
I went to un- unwholesome parties. Next week on the show, Brian Garotti. That's all that matters. Just tell me this guy's not checking out your girlfriend while she's dancing. <laughs> With that mustache, yeah, he totally is for sure. sure. Exactly. Yeah, the mustache uh, is what's did, did doing anyone, it. Did anyone watch uh, the, the miniseries based on uh, Dan Simmons' The Terror? No. Yes. I watched both I have them. The I have them uh, queued up, but I still haven't been able to dedicate any time to watching the them. first the first one is very good the second okay. one it's not, not good right it's, <laughs> no. it's not as good one, as the first, the first one, one based on the book when the second one is all made up it's, it's really good. hard because the first one is 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 awesome and riveting but it's hard because the second one they tried to be it has such sensitive source material right that yeah you feel like at a certain point that they're stretching it out to get the most out of the, the fact that it's an Asian story and an Asian cast or Japanese, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. And so it almost feels like it's like when you watch someone taking advantage of something, right? It just feels like okay. you're, 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 it feels dirty to me by mm-hmm. the end. Like we're not actually telling me a story. You're just showing me things that you think I want to see because these are Japanese characters. Right. Oh, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like okay. you. Taking advantage of that, you know, like being manipulated into. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't like you telling me that I should be paying attention because they're Japanese. It should still be an interesting story, right? right. Like, well, yeah. and they're not—they're not doing that. They're yeah. just like, but look, it's Japanese internment camp, and I'm like, yeah, that's very sad. Yeah, uh, right. so what happens now? But yeah, but still, I mean, why are you telling me this? You right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, it's it's suffered like, from a lack of. Kind of like talking to my aunt. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, I know being in a Japanese internment camp is like talking to your no, aunt. not at all. But I mean, like, uh, you know, she'll just go on these tangents, and you're like, well, yeah, that's that, that's all hard luck, auntie. <laughs> Fuck, am I doing here though? <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm trying to have me a roast beef sandwich, and you're talking to me yeah. about how you had to kill a iguana one time. I mean, I don't. Yep. It's, it's meaningful, it's but episode, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a three episode show told over eight episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most yeah, of, like, that's yeah. like most of the Marvel shows on Netflix. It's like, wow, this. I can't been, disagree with that at all. That's this, totally true. This could have been handled in like, you know, yeah, in, in about four or five episodes. We didn't need to go to thirteen. Yeah, right on. I watched uh, uh I watched the two movies because I knew I was going away today, so I didn't. I, I I had to manage my time better, and I actually implemented managing my time correctly. So I watched yeah. our two movies for tonight. I wa- also watched a movie called uh, The Most Dangerous Game from 1932. That was one of my... Oh, nice. Oh, no. Yeah. From a, from not, not that one. <laughs> yeah. No, so it wasn't from 19... 19- you're, not, you're not praising the 1932 version because that is... Yeah. Um, it's, it's very good. It's, it's, in, it's enthralling. It's, it's, you know, you're not bored. But it is... Um, it is devoid of art, let's just say. It's well, very, yeah, but it's that very has blunt. To- and that has to suffer from your Blade Runner complex. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, how many times have you seen that story by this point? It is true. However, when you have your main character going, do we realize this is the most dangerous game? And he's doing it <laughs> over and over again. And like there's, you know, there's yes. a sequence because well. they're on the same lot that they filmed King Kong on yeah you know so it's the same scenery almost and i'm really familiar with king kong so i'm like wow if kong showed up in the middle of this movie this, this movie would rock 
around the clock, right? And so he climbs up the top of this mountain, and this in the the guy, I forget the 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 scientist, the 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 evil hunter doctor's name, but he just keeps appearing, like oh, I'm here to destroy you. And you're like, I'm not even watching this guy hunt. Like it's not even. It's, this guy's just going to be wherever you go, uh, you know, uh, with Rochford or whatever that guy's name was, you know, and then ultimately he goes under the, the waterfall and, you know, there's this the obligatory sequence under the waterfall and then he falls out of the waterfall and, oh, he's dead. Oh, and then they take Fay Ray back to because he literally says, I'm going to rape this girl after I finish killing you. And then he he takes her back to the castle but two days later, the other guy shows up, like, you know, and he's like, hey, I lived past, you know, sundown, so I get to go free, and I'm taking a girl with me. And, and you know, she's still virtuous, and like, well, wait, how come, what, wasn't there a threat? Wasn't there a countdown? What, what, what happened here? And it is another 1930s movie. It just ends abruptly. It's like, it's over. Right. And it's over, you know. It was really and good. Credits. It was really good, and I understand it, and I and I respect exactly where it came from, and it is the foundation, it is the shoulders that every other movie like that has has stood on. I do not dis, you know disparage it, but it is kind of the creepiness of one person deciding to hunt another person is kind of lost in the campiness with which the the doctor behaves you know yes and so you know that's the it is i i judge it on the merits of my entertainment value not on the merits of of its contribution to the genre it's completely different those are two different things so like me watching him like this is kind of silly you know but i understand where they got all these other yeah i got i understand that this is the precursor i mean like shit went bad so quick they were on the boat in the beginning and and they literally rev up the boat to, to speed ahead because you know the, the captain there's this long sequence where the captain is trying to tell these really sophisticated you know upper echelon types in the in the in the in the, in the, in the inner galley of the yacht that yeah i don't know where i am so maybe we should turn back and they're like, well, you know, they're like, no, no, seriously, I think we should turn back because I don't understand. I don't know what waters I'm in right now. And I'm a captain of a ship and it's not good for me not to know where I'm going because it's, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm doing this Nautilus thing. And I, I, I understand these things and you don't. So let me let me just turn the boat around. And so literally the next scene, because they, the guy realized, OK, we're burning a lot of film here. Let's just. The next scene, he, he he pumps up the throttle of the boat and it explodes. And you're like, holy shit. And everybody you just saw for like the last 10 minutes talk, having a conversation uh, um, between themselves, every one of them is dead. And you're like, all right, well, <laughs> we just lost all those characters. You know? Like, huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I, I, th- I thought it was great, but I did, I did laugh okay. at it. Uh, substantially, <laughs> I did laugh. I did. At it. I did laugh uh, uh, pretty substantially at it. And then that was uh, that was about it. I think I, I watched uh, I watched the Downton Abbey movie, which I had not seen since I watched the TV show. Okay. Uh, again, and uh, the movie is pretty good. It's more of the same. It's exactly the same as the TV show. It you know it's just like an extra longer episode of the TV show, which is fine. You know it it doesn't it, it did no harm to anything. It it didn't break any ground. It didn't 
substantially change the, the any of the dynamics of the show, but it was more of the same. It was really good. I understand why it was uh, highly successful. Wasn't and that was it. Downton Abbey, the next generation, or anything. No, like it wasn't Downton okay. Abbey's Revenge or any, you know, the you know the you know, Downton Abbey fights giant ants or anything like that. It <laughs> was. Abbey's Revenge. I would watch both of those. Yes. I would watch yeah. Downton Abbey's Revenge <laughs> and Downton Abbey versus giant versus, versus Empire of the Ants. I would absolutely. Yeah. Watch Revenge that. of the High Tea. <laughs> but uh, that was my uh, that that was that was my consumption. All right. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we should start having our own intro and outro themes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Uh, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's that. I guess. Uh, I guess we've suffered enough. Hassan's, right. on, Hassan's on pace for a record number of black hats. Hassan, it's it's going to be okay. We're getting to the great part of this show. Okay, so. The gray part? Guys, the I'm great, real, I'm real, the great I'm part. nervous and excited to hear what, because these were, these. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, what you guys think about these movies. Oh, that's, that's. Uh, I usually don't care. So I, I think, I think <laughs> going in, well, right. And I think going into this week, I think that these are, both movies we've all seen, both films before. Sure. Correct? Mike's right yes, correct. assuming that oh, Hassan? Okay. Um, all right. So <clears throat> for James's uh first film pick, uh Children of Men. I can't really remember when I last had any hope. And I certainly can't remember when anyone else did either. Because really, since women stopped being able to have babies, what's left to hope for? The ultimate mystery. Why are women infertile? Some say it's genetic experiments, pollution. Why do you think we can't make babies anymore? Doesn't matter. It's all over in 50 years. It's too late. Move along! Move along! Oh, Theo. Have it, Ben. I'm sorry about the theatrics. I haven't seen you for nearly 20 years. I need your help. Not for me, a girl. I need to get her to the coast, past security checkpoints. So why did you come to me? I trust you. Show him. Now you know what's at stake. Your baby is the miracle the whole world has been waiting for. We will find a way to get you to the human project, I promise you. We're almost there, Keith. We're almost there. directed by Alphonse Cuaron with a running time of 109 minutes. A former activist is recruited to help accompany the first woman to be pregnant in over 18 years in this dystopian view of a limited future. James, why did you choose Children of Men? Besides its very timely feel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the, the, the connection with the two flicks tonight is going to be the uh, post-pandemic. Uh, I just, I was getting too happy and I needed to, a little injection of depression. <laughs> Uh, all this vaccine talk was just too much joy in my life. Uh, I wanted to pick two movies that, that felt like they were uh, what art house could be with budgets. If, if I've been, I've been reading a lot lately about production companies getting in the way of an artist's vision. And, and beside the fact that these are both pandemic based movies and, and sci-fi um, they both feel like a very 
clear vision. And that's something I haven't been seeing in a lot of movies uh, recently, whether that's because of interference or because the writer and the director aren't on the same page. Um, but Children of Men specifically, uh, there is a story to be told here. And Quaron knew what it was, was very insistent on delivering that story the way he wanted in, with the vision in his mind. And um, I think he did so fantastically. I think it's, it's not, a, not the cheerful movie of the summer, but- um, It's not the feel good movie. <laughs> no, uh, but there's no denying that, that it knows what it wants to be uh, and it is that. Uh, and I think I, that clarity is something that we could use a little more in, uh, in today's storytelling. Uh, I, 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 I wrote in my notes, I wrote uh, the only thing that limits the rewatchability of this film. And I had, I, I'll be honest, I had not watched either one of these films since they came out when I saw them. Uh, watching Children of Men again, uh, I was absolutely blown away at how, I mean, I remembered the uh the um the car the, the ambush sequence that yeah. that's the thing yeah. i remembered from yeah. the movie theater where i was just like holy shit um but even then i don't think i realized how cool of a scene that actually was mm -hmm. you know there's things you learn obviously as you go along filmmaking and whatnot that once you when you can go back and look at that with a, a bit more experienced eye you realize how impressive of an actual sequence oh. and to shoot that sequence yeah. actually at, at what it actually took and when you start reading about it it's it gets even more interesting yep. um i put this movie you know we have we all have films that we've seen we've experienced we liked uh but we're not going to revisit them for mm. whatever reason uh you know i i kind of keep requiem for a dream on the cusp that's kind of my dividing line because it's like that's a film i do want to go back and revisit eventually but it's nothing i need to go see again soon right. um i feel like this movie falls squarely in the category of if you've seen the movie a ghost story with casey affleck uh it's just it's just the movies that the movie is this movie is so good it almost hurts to watch it but you get to the end and even the, the minor notes of hope that are infused in those last few moments are not enough to lift you out of the, just the profoundly sad, what you've gone through for the last two hours or hour and a half or whatever it is. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not a rough movie to watch by any stretch. There's not anything in it. That's, that's overly difficult to watch, but you get, you get into that last, you, you know, they hit the boat and you're like, okay, let's go, let's get there. And then you're like, and then you get that one last kind of, you know, kick in the nuts and you're just like, uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, great. There, there's the boat. And then it's like the end. And you're like, oh, good. We have hope. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I don't disagree with that, but I think here's, here's where I would differ. So I've, I've struggled with depression my whole life, right? Okay. So when I watch a movie like this and I see that suffering, it feels like it's, it's, it can feel a little bit cathartic because it feels like, you know, you're not the only one feeling this way or down. And, and right. when other people start, there's, there's, there's misery loves company, right? And that little bit of hope at the end actually is a lot when you're, when you're 
in that mindset, right? Okay. You, you, because it can feel hopeless and a little bit of light can go a long way. Gotcha. So there's a catharsis to this movie, but I realize that that's what I'm bringing to it. That's not necessarily right. what was meant to happen. Um, right. But it is interesting to hear your point of view because it's, it's that like, it's not enough to fill what it kind of the void it creates. Whereas right. I said right. that it, it's interesting that it brings everyone to the same level. And then because there's no lower, frankly, and then it gives you that little bit of hope. And to me, uh, I, I, I was one of the few people who left the theater going like, you know, there's always a way out. There's always a light. Yeah. Uh, if it's not the brightest or the biggest. Right. No. And I, I get that. I, I absolutely yeah. can, can see that, that, that point of view. Uh, I just, you know, this, the sequence, the sequences uh, in the, in the third act at Bexhill uh, during the assault oh, yeah. in Bexhill. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's saving private Ryan. I mean, that's like, that's the level of, of feel that I got watching that this time around that I was just like, you know, those long takes, those, 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 handheld cam shots running through the streets and stuff just just phenomenal um that and the the opening sequence where he gets his coffee and they're talking about baby diego dying or getting stabbed after he wouldn't sign somebody's thing in your whatever and then he just walks out and you know the fucking bomb goes off. it's so effective to well, open that film with i have a lot to say about that but i'm gonna wait until late because i don't i don't want to jump the gun Okay. I'll let uh, this on and wait <laughs> so, so let's go then. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I there, I have nothing but love for this film. Yeah. Uh, this is. I, I found a really interesting quote from Alfonso Cuarón, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll dump into Latham uh, with this because I don't know if, if this will help or hurt him uh, or or Hassan for that matter. But uh, the movie never explains the reason for the infertility, and we've actually discussed recently on the show on an, another film about how there was a. a a big part of the story that was just left out because quite frankly, who gives a shit? It didn't, the, the reasons behind it didn't mean anything to the story. So there was a lot of people who were talking about something after the fact about, Oh, why didn't they tell what this was? Why didn't they tell what this was? And it's like, it doesn't matter what the fuck it was. Cause it, it's literally spending time on it would make no point to the story. There's no difference to the story whatsoever. Um, so Quaran's apparently has a dislike for expository film. And this is a quote from him. He said, there's a kind of cinema I detest, which is the cinema that is all about exposition and explanations. He once said, it's become a medium for lazy readers. Cinema is a hostage of narrative. And I'm very good at, at narrative as a hostage for cinema. <laughs> so with that, I will uh, go to Latham. Well, I mean, and again, uh, bringing up what we talked about earlier with Zack Snyder, I mean, and saying in another way is he's not world, he's not worried about world building here beyond the specific scope of what he's taking on. He doesn't need to explain what made everyone infertile. It's, it really isn't important to the story. You already know that someone is fertile, about to have a baby. And that's the driving force. You you go beyond that, and you're not. Then you're 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 adding fat instead of trimming it. Um, I think what James said about uh, I, I think he's spot on with an art film with a budget. Um, when late '90s, early 2000s, I was seeing you know lots of movies, and I got to a point where I said, 
they have all these special effects. They're putting everything in movies. Everything's digital. Who knows what's real? Eventually, there's going to be a renaissance of some group of directors who minimizes their special effects to the point where they're always in the background or they're always just subtly to the side or they're just one little effect in a scene to help you know build the background or build the setting of what's being shown. And then this movie came out and it was exactly what I was talking about. There is so much in this that is in the background of a lot of the scenes, especially at the beginning of the film, the, all the news reports, uh, something just very faintly on a building, like in, in, we're in Blade Runner, it's right in your face, but there's an ad, a hologram on a building somewhere. And there's all these little things that, I mean, he, he sells it in the first 15 minutes. And then if you notice that, you're just waiting to check every next scene to see what you can find, what he's put in the background, what he's yeah. made to make this just a little bit in the future. And because you're doing that, you're never ready for anything shocking that happens. <laughs> and that's brilliant. That's brilliant storytelling. There is never a dull, there's never a wasted shot, a, a wasted point of, of anything in this film. When he, when, when they're walking in the guy's house and they have the pieces of art, but they're kind of broken and, you know, just, I, I mean, I just adore this movie because it's, it's just, it's so it's dystopian, but it's, you know, it, it couldn't have been picked at a better time. Obviously why James picked it for now. It, it, it really, it's, it's almost like a primer that everyone needs to watch and say, look at this, look at how realistic this awful future could be because you people aren't paying attention. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I could I could like go on and on about this movie how much I love it. It's basically like a a, a feature length Black Mirror episode. I mean, I, honestly, Stevie, it's if you if, if you adore this, it, it you would adore every episode of Black Mirror. It's it is so bleak and yet balances it with a hope. It's so you know you just get let down by someone dying or a character getting hurt or some horrible thing happening that shocks you and then there you know then the ending of the movie comes um i i had not known about the novel that this was based on and just today i was mentioning it to someone and they had read the book and told me what was changed yeah. and i found that really interesting how in the book it's completely different it's it's not the women who are infertile right, it's, the it's the men yep and um it's it's just oh they didn't change that no they just they just didn't specify what the infertility was but they never they did the movie didn't technically change uh, so in the oh did you read the book Hassan mm-hmm. okay so it's not mm-hmm. the men who are infertile in the book it's, it's, it's the, I think they do no, say no, no, no. I'm saying women, even in the movie they didn't they don't specifically tell no, you but I think they imply that, that no women are able to get pregnant I don't know that's that's what I got out of it. Ah. No, they say there is a specific scene where she said that there are no more. There was no. There was no need for natal care because there was no one coming in who was pregnant. Okay, I, I don't but know. But they weren't. They weren't saying that people were women were miscarrying or that that you know they 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 just plainly left it ambiguous yeah. exactly what the problem was. It's the same. It's the same as what uh, the director right. was talking about. Like I'm not. You know I'm not going to explain to you exactly whose side it was on. 
who was infertile was that the bottom line is that there were no that's babies. Fair, being that's born. fair enough. I just I thought it was implied through the context, but maybe I'm just biased and would would assume it would be the woman, which is probably not good. But uh, I didn't know about the book and the book. You know, the uh, it sounds like there there were changes made from the book, but the author was plenty, really happy with the film. Time. So yeah. I, I someone said told me or this guy told me the book is bleaker than the film. Uh, yes, it is. Which is just. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I, I don't know if I want to read that book. Uh, maybe. Uh, but I <laughs> don't go read the road. Yeah, but the road also doesn't have punctuation. So yeah, I read. I have read the oh. road and seen the movie. It's kind of bleaker oh. than the road. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The road's pretty deep. <laughs> uh, it's like fuck the Oxford. Fuck. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, Cormac McCarthy doesn't write with punctuation. Yeah, that's so a great, uh, great point. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, this is. A must watch for anybody who hasn't seen it. Uh, I was debating showing it to my daughter because uh, I didn't fully remember if there was anything super inappropriate in it. But uh, I'm going to show it to her tomorrow and watch it again. Oh, uh, nice. I'm that, that excited to uh, to view it and watch again. I just it's it's just great. It's great. And Quaron is what he put together here. You know, it's I don't know what the budget was, but. If it wasn't a lot, he put he he you know squeezed every bit out of that out of that budget and put it on the screen. Seventy six million. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll there you go. Seventy six wow. million was the budget. I thought I read twenty four, but yeah, twenty six. Seventy six. Seventy oh, six. Okay. Yeah. That's the, that of- that whole sequence in what is what is the town of of Bex Hill that 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 or if you want to call it that last that third act siege of Bex Hill or whatever is is stunning to look at some of the production design that went into that and there are scenes in that they said literally one of the toughest production design wise scenes in the film is the scene where he gets captured he gets taken at the beginning and they put him in that little glass box that they've wallpapered the windows with a newspaper yeah. because they had to create every single one of those newspapers with the headlines and then print them out and it's then put, and put them all up so all that was created just for that scene i mean that's just that's nuts that's nuts yeah the whole all the elements in any of the scenes like that like in that scene it's the newspapers in the in the car ambush scene, I mean, how many elements are going on there that have to be choreographed? Where are the effects? What's real? You never know because you're just stunned by what you're watching. I mean, and apparently it's until at the point at which the motorcycle at the point at which he opens the car door. Oh, yeah. And the guys go flying. Yeah. I mean, that is when the two, the guys in the bike become CG. That's the transition point. I mean, you um, never know. And no, no, it's you fantastic. Care. You're just like, holy fuck. This uh, he started, Quaron started working on this movie before he shot Harry Potter and the Prisoner of, Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, and then the, basically what happened was is they had their first draft script. And while he was shooting Harry Potter, that's when, because if you watch the end credits for this, there's six people listed on the screenplay which is yes. crazy to begin with because the way they, the way it's structured and, and now with the, the way the WJA is, it's like, it's crazy how it's listed, but basically you had the two guys at the bottom who wrote the original script. It was rewritten by David Arada while Quaran was making Harry Potter. Then when that was finished, 
that's when Quaran and the other guy then started tinkering it with it themselves. And then while they were filming, apparently Clive Owen had quite a bit of input to his dialogue as well during filming and made a bunch of changes while they were filming and Quaran loved what, what, what Owen was bringing to his scenes. And I think, and I think that's probably why you get the sort of that sort of natural, some of that naturalistic stuff you get from him. Uh, Just kind of his delivery on some of that stuff just seems like you just have a camera on him. You're watching him kind of go through stuff. It doesn't seem like he's, he's like, he doesn't seem like he's saying lines that were written. He just seems like he's talking. You know? Yeah, right. So, and uh, I, it, it seems like he had. A, you could, I mean, his character is very subtle. I think, but it it builds, and it. I mean, it, it it almost seems like he must have had input in this. So, Hassan, what do you think of Children of Men? Um, tight. <laughs> uh oh. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need to be careful. Ain't afraid of you, man. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> that black hat is for Latham specifically. <laughs> oh, well, we have a tally now. Steve's got four, James none, and I got one. Go on. <laughs> I saw this movie. I saw it in the theater. I don't know. It was one of those. Uh, I think after when I was working at Wizard, so it was one of those situations. I couldn't get anybody to go with me, so I ended up watching it by myself in the in the Palisades Mall. I didn't, I had no idea what the hell I was watching. Like, it was like, this is like the most, it was like, it was like stimulation overload. Like, this is the most, uh, this is the most shit I've seen on, you know, happening at once on camera since, I don't know, you know, there's just like, you know, just like Latham was saying, there's just a, there's, there's just something to see in every, in every corner of it. There's no story really there's no well excuse me that's not true there's no arc to it uh theo doesn't really have he's not his uh his uh his state of mind is really not elaborated on whether he's a good person or a bad person you know he doesn't like his job that's pretty much all you get you know he's damn lucky he's fucking lucky because uh you know he didn't get roasted in a in a coffee shop and he doesn't really like his job, so he took that advantage. Uh, he took the advantage of Baby Diego dying, and uh, and the fact that he was almost annihilated in a, in a bombing to take the day off. That's pretty much the most you know about Theo, other than he's he's got connections in the the upper whatever that's left of the upper echelon of society. Yada yada yada. And uh, you know everybody else is kind of one note. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, you got the you got. The, you got the overzealous uh, firebrand of, of Chiwetel Ejiofor, you know, who thinks he knows better. You've got the the, the, the bleedy heart, you know, uh, uh, Julianne Moore. But they're all templates. The, the story basically is there's nothing to hold on to when there's no hope, you know. And the only the best way to take away hope is just to take away the future. And these people have no future. So there's nothing to fucking hold on to. So society is 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 most of society is basically creeping along you know like going about the going through the motions you know like danny danny houston the the secretary or whatever whatever is you know he makes a he makes a a a case about like collecting art but he is he's completely useless he's got this he's already deranged he's got a thousand yard stare on him when he when he when uh clive owen comes upon him and he's you know he's 
He doesn't offer much in the way of conversation, you know, his son or whoever that is in his son or his lover, whoever that, that, that kid is. I think it's his son. Yeah. Most likely. Um, is a disfigured mildly, which they never bothered to elaborate on. And he is, you know, completely checked out. Everybody's sort of checked out. And in fact, the, the only people who are like locked into the story are the people in the, at the, you know, towards the end, the people you meet at the, you know, at the refugee depot or whatever the hell that fucking place is. And it's, you know, it's just about, I don't even, it, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so heavy that to say it's a story about hope and then what happens when you don't have hope, it, it, it doesn't really do it justice. It's just, it explains how tenuous like society, the, the threads that hold society together are. And uh, that most of everything that we're doing on a regular basis is my interpretation. And most of everything we do on a regular basis is just kind of muscle memory, you know, without, you know. And so you got the, the fish who are over, probably over-motivated. But if you think about what their goal is, it's nonsense. You know, it's, it's meaningless. They're, the world is ending. Whatever you guys want, it's not worth it to do whatever you're doing to get it. You know, it's not worth it killing one of your own people because, you know, it's a revolutionary. A revolution's not going to do anything for you because there's no children. There's no, there's, there is no future. Whatever you're fighting for, you're just fighting for a better apartment, you know, a better way to live in whatever's left of it's now if you break it down, what are those guys fighting for? You know, they think they're right. fighting for rights, but they, whatever revolutionary you would be or whatever rebel you would be, you'd be usually fighting, you, or you at least claim you'd be fighting for the future generations, right? Right. So the fact that they want to use the kid as a, as a cudgel to try to press for their rights means they don't even believe in the reverence of, you know, of whatever the future is. It's like, it's, the whole thing is really fascinating, especially in context with today and all the stuff going on today. And then uh, something happened. I don't know where I was mentally when I first saw it, uh, when I was young in 2006, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I know when I watched it again this time, when everybody, when, when the whole world stopped at the sound of the crying baby, mm-hmm. that actually made me cry. Like I actually cried about that. Like when, when soldiers, Right. All just kind of back up and they put their guns down, you know, um, and that lasts exactly as long as it should. And then yep. it stops exactly the way it should. Like someone takes, you know, some dipshit takes advantage of it, fires an RPG and the whole, you know, the whole circus starts starting starts back again. up again. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just it, it's just futility. All of it is futility, like like saving this whatever we're involved in right here is futile. You know, like the idea of getting the, the, the kid, the mother and the kid as far away from this shit as possible is, is probably the, the only way that the film could have ended. And then, yeah, the book ends completely differently. It's not a, there's not that sprig of, uh, of like, well, they found the boat. They, they found her. It's gonna be all right, you know. Greenpeace is gonna take her to, you know, Zimbabwe or whatever the hell, and they're, yeah, you know, wherever they're gonna go, it's gonna at least it'll be that. I mean, 
since they're nuking the town right now, since they've got jet fires, the jet fighters actually strafing a refugee camp, you know, I, I, I pretty much think that that world is lost. You know, it's the end of the world. The whole story is about the end of the world. It's, you know, it's extremely well done. I think the, the, the best thing for me of, about the film is how it steadily maintains this mood of numbness you know like everybody's like kind of ghostly and just kind of going through the motions it's not overly depressing because you still get moments right you still get uh you know you still get michael kane you still get you know these these other little things these other little nuggets but it's it is just like yeah like what's the point like everybody has this kind of attitude of what's the point and when you see the baby it it it's a stark, you know, like reversal of, you know, it's like a, a, a nugget of reality. That's, that's the first piece of reality in the story. That's the first linear piece of like, oh, I understand, you know, like, like absolutely you got to get this out of here, you know, regardless of whatever your mentality is, regardless of how crazy everybody is, like, you know, what's her name who's doing Zen Buddhist stuff while they're, there's, she's their only kind of link to all this stuff. And then she's, She's like, you know, doing katas out in the out out in the the, back, the front yard of Jasper's house or whatever. It's like, wow, this is our only, you know, this this is. And then when he talks to her, it's like, don't please don't tell me that you've never met these people. Like, you know, they don't don't You're right. You know, don't yeah. tell me that this, you know, this is all another fucking fantasy that we're dealing. The stakes are so high now, and I think I think the thing is that nobody wanted to nobody wanted to check in for the whole movie. That's the impression I got. Nobody, everybody was checked out. Nobody wanted to check in. The baby made them all check in and it made everybody crazy. It just, it drove, it drove everyone nuts um, because yeah. it means that either it's not over and we've been, we've been walking around like zombies wasting, you know, wasting life. Or it, it means that if we have to, if we actually have to pay attention to the world again, you know, we there's no way to get back what we lost. You know, I just got a million different impressions from, from uh, watching the film this time out. And, you know, it's the whole idea the only, the only logical thing is to get this child as far away from this fucking zoo as humanly possible. Um, So yeah, it is absolutely a beautiful movie. It is. I didn't know that was Charlie Hunan, by the way. Yeah, No idea that was Charlie Hunan. I know. I didn't realize until this time around. Yeah, right. It's a uh, it's an amazing movie. It's amazingly told. Dueling King Arthur's. Yes, yeah, which is <laughs> well, you, you can't really call Charlie Hunan's King Arthur King Arthur though. But you know, yeah, like, well, you know, I'm just saying, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna get. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna have that conversation, Steve. We're trying to be friends here. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm like true to like like the 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 performances of people. Like, you know, that's a, his, his character is pretty despicable, but he leans all the way into it. You know, like he, he, you know, he makes it work. I think when I was, when I was, you know, just coming into my thirties and he's making a speech at the end of like, oh, they're taking away your dignity and stuff like, I think I was sort of with him or understood 
you know, I didn't I didn't agree with him, but I understood <laughs> what his point was. And this time out, I'm like, fuck your dignity, dickhead. You know, like what <laughs> look at the fucking world, you know, like who who cares about dignity at this point, you know? It it was it's just it just it, the whole movie was about futility to me. And I didn't get that the first time out. The book beats you over the fucking head with it. It's you know, um you guys should read the book though. You'd be it'd be interesting just to hear what you guys thought about like how the the original author decided to what the point that she decided to make with the with the story, but the movie in and of itself is just like I, I I'm, I'm astounded about the fact that there's really no story there. It's just about it's just about zombies, you know. It's just about this and that until there's this one motivating factor, and that motivating factor makes everybody crazy, you know. You know, it's like grief, you know, like a, when you when you when you've lost enough, you don't want to actually get involved with emotions anymore. Like you want to avoid it. So you actually get mad if you start to care about something again, you know, and it, it actually does something to your psyche because you're so afraid of, of checking back in. And that's the, the impression I got with this movie. And I don't, I don't know if any of that made any sense. <laughs> but it's a, it's a. It's an amazing movie. I enjoyed it. In other words, <laughs> put put briefly, I enjoyed it. I do like that it is one of the few movies where I can actually find new things of substance every time I watch it. And I think part of that is yep. because it's one of the rare movies that my interaction with it depends on where I am when I'm watching it. Yeah, because it's vague. The point yeah. to it is a very vague right point. Right, you know, um, and it's not. It does. It doesn't weaken it. It just it it fits in any kind of category. Right. Because I think the whole movie is just about grief, you know. But it's a grief for, it's grief for the world, you know. I don't know. I think you could look at it as a slice of life film with very little, like you said. There's not much character arc, but you know that's what a lot of art house films are. Slice of life films. This one just had a special effects budget, and that's that's how I view it. That's why I don't care that it's that it's you know futility is the main theme that's that's fine with me yeah Um, and i don't know i don't know if i mean i get why you why you you can say there's no story to it hassan i wouldn't argue against that i guess i guess i don't i don't i don't mean that as a a negative right i i I think it's i think it's a virtue that the story actually doesn't it's brave enough not to have a story it's not it's brave enough not to be about clive owen right 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 right. although i do i do find his his arc fascinating i mean the in the opening scene his apathy over the youngest child on earth saves his life Yeah, that's true and at the end his empathy for the youngest child on earth gets him killed i mean there is a change that happens to his character over the course. And I think a big part of that is, is the trauma. He had this child that died with this woman and it become estranged or whatever. And seeing her die, that disconnect, right? That is rekindled all but briefly when they play that little ball game and seconds later, she's dead, right? He, at that point, is no longer financially obligated to help this family. I mean, he even talks about, I gotta get out of here. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, somebody got to ride back. Yeah, I'm out of here. And it isn't until he hears that her life is threatened and his life is threatened, to be fair, that he says, okay, I've got to play the hero now, right? And I think a big part of it starts because of his his continued love for his ex-wife. I don't even know if they're actually divorced, but 
you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but I and I get what you're saying, and I get that. And the and the apathy thing that that checks out, but they they don't they don't play him either in either mode when he's being when when the proposal is made to him. Of course, he's you know his, his immediate stance is I'm not I'm not interested. But there is n- literally no motivation beyond beyond that that makes him come back to it. And they, they don't really describe his financial situation as dire at all. No, she um, mentions they don't that talk right. she knows he needs the money. Yeah, but that doesn't who doesn't need five thousand dollars, you know? Sure. And I do like that he <laughs> says to her, I'm not here for the money, hinting that he was there for her. Mm-hmm. And she says, Really? And he shrugs. Like he doesn't confirm it. I get what you're saying, but that's not an arc. Like that's what I'm saying. There's there's no there's no like there's there's no absolutely the absolute declaration of who he is at the beginning versus the declar versus the juxtaposition of who he becomes at the end. He is pretty much a non he's a non entity. He is our eyes and ears to this. So we have compassion. We have sympathy for him. We there there he is three dimensionalized for his quip his quirks and his you know weirdness you know whatever in it that how he interprets the world that he's in but he's not described as an apathy apathetic character in fact all the scenes with him and jasper kind of describe you know kind of flesh him out as a non like as 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 not a selfish person well he says in the scene with with him who fucking cares but when the kid died that says those words and right but that's he walks into a coffee shop where people are glued on the tv gets his coffee and leaves and nobody else goes to leaves and it saves his life. I don't think you can say that, that, that there's no change. I can say it. I can certainly say it because I think the whole world is apathetic. I think if you, I think if everybody around you is who fucking cares, you'd be like, you'd say who fucking cares. But, he, that's, but he, that's the problem is, is if everyone's glued to the TV, they do fucking care. They're all crying. That's okay. I'm just saying, like, right. they obviously very obviously I'm, care. I'm telling you, that's not an arc. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a pretty huge change. I think it's an arc. That's a big <laughs> character change. Going from not caring about the youngest person on earth to dying for them. That's a big change. Yeah. He says the guy was a wanker. He said, I don't, <sighs> even, I don't need, he, it he can be a wanker. He, but he said okay. he, he made it personal with that guy. Sure. It's not even like he said that that guy, I, you know, like, I don't give a damn about the youngest person on earth. He's, he made it personal about that particular person sure. in general. Sure. So, you know what, Hassan, though? Let me make a point. It's that's why people are calling this very prescient with social media, because a lot of people do that every day. They they read something on social media and they hate it. They don't even know it. They don't know all the details. They hate it or they love it. And then nothing matters until you actually involve yourself in the reality of something. And that's what Owen's doing there. He 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 just, you know, flippantly says, fuck that guy. And then at the end of the movie, you know, it's the it's literally if, it, the lesson learned the exact opposite. If you say so, there's no catalyst. There's there's no catalyst. I certainly it. think there's really there's it's open to there's, interpretation. I I don't think yeah. you're wrong. I just think it's two different views. Right, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, you said I was wrong. Well, you said I was <laughs> so, wrong. So. Saying, <laughs> I didn't say you were wrong. wrong. I just said I, I said I disagree wrong. with you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I just disagree with you mm-hmm. now. There's because I mean the minute after he meets Julianne Moore, he goes to his cousin. Like he goes right. I mean, he literally beelines to his cousin. Now, there's obviously there's no there's no 
but I would argue there's no that, refusal. There's no refusal of the call. But I would argue other than that him wanting to get away from those people. Sure. So there's yeah. But so at that point, he doesn't know about the baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's all for her. He's doing but it then for she's taken lover. out of the equation, and he continues to serve. Yeah, that, that that's. But I mean, he still doesn't. He doesn't even know about the baby when she gets killed. He doesn't know about her until they get to the right. to the house. Right, and he's ready to leave. But then he sees the baby; it's threatened, and he volunteers without the money. Right, but out. I'm telling yeah. you, whatever is in him that volunteered was in him before he saw the baby. It was when I was watching that movie. There's no way I, I, I there's there's no way I believed he was actually going to leave that baby behind. His ex-wife died. I mean, right in front of his face, she got fucking shot. I mean, if that's not going to motivate no, you, in, in the or, barn, he says she shows the baby, and he's out. He's out. He he says, "I'm going to bed. They're going to help you. Peace." And the only he reason says, he wakes up is because Charlie Hunnam comes back. He figures right, out the whole thing was a set up yes, to fuck his wife. I understand what you're saying, but you're 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 forgetting the unreliable narrator factor because he says a lot of things and he contradicts himself in his actions. He always says the opposite of what, what he actually do. does. That's what human beings do. Well, I know that, but then that's what I'm saying. That there was, there's no. It, it's always been in him. There's no his his. If he's his altruism, how do you know it's always been in him? Yeah, because I mean, of the way he behaves, thing. you don't listen to what a person says. You want, you listen to what they do. Would like walk out of a coffee shop when the youngest person on earth dies? That's a news. That's not like. I'm just saying the rest of the world thought it was you, pretty important. He seemed not to care at all. If you say, said it in the, as, in the news, as I say again, if you say so, I mean, I'm just looking at the film. All these people in there crying. He walks that. in, gets his coffee, leaves. That's not me. I, as my I opinion. say again, if you say but so, that's not I'm, fun. Don't okay, but, all right, this isn't good. Well, you right. act like I'm fighting you on it. No, I, you say, don't, I, I mean, said you don't if need finish. You, say you so. keep interrupting me with your snide. If you say I, so, when you're letting me finish get, the sentence, I get what you're saying. I oh, understand I what you're it. saying. How do you know what I'm you saying? You said it already. You said you're you're saying you're you're saying that's the inciting incident, right? That's nope. the. It's cool. That's that's, that's just one of the stories. That's in, but it has to start somewhere. Right, but that's right? indicative of his state of mind at the at the beginning versus his versus a juxtaposition of his state of mind at the end. Right, that's your point. Well, there's a difference between his state of mind at the beginning and at the end. I, I, if you're saying he was hiding it and was always in him, that's, I mean, you could say that about any movie and any character. You could just say, oh, he was hiding it. It was always in him. I mean, it's, it doesn't, it, it's well told. It, it, it's, it, it's not, it's a slight, I think it's a slice of life movie personally, but that's what I think. What do I know? I know some things. I also thought it was interesting that the refugees in this hopeless world, we're trying to get to Britain for hope. That was their source of yeah. hope. And everybody who was already in well, Britain as elite was completely stagnant. That's a great point too. Well, and they, it was funny how they set up how every other country, you know, that like part of Britain's mm-hmm. like propaganda was the fact that every other country had gone completely to shit. And yet yeah. somehow Britain was still standing strong. Another great little sequence when they show that on the TV and they list all the city names. Yeah. And then Britain... We've survived. Yeah, I mean that's that's classic. And to further that, that's I mean, good. all the refugees see Britain as some weird sign of hope, right? But the the for the baby, uh, the opposite is true. <laughs> like their their whole journey right, right. is is for this baby to thrive, it has to leave the only safe place on earth where millions yeah. are trying to get in. I thought gotta, that was get to the kind Azores. of a fascinating juxtaposition as well. Very uh, interesting film to talk about. Also, the art. The art stuff was pretty interesting. 
the the Picasso, the war, where Clive Owen is sitting at dinner in the rich house. Oh, with Guernica mm-hmm. behind him. And then at the yeah, end, I he's mean. in the middle of a war. And I think he even references that that uh, his brother references that uh, Madonna holding Jesus. And we actually see that as he's leaving the building, there's a shot of a woman holding her son in the exact same position as that yeah, statue. Totally. As the, Piet- as the Pieta. Yeah, he mentions that he, that they couldn't get to the yeah. Pieta on time. And so it's, it's cool that in the high rise, they show and talk about all this art and then bring it like right to the street a little bit later. I'm sure there's probably more art I missed, but those were the only two I caught. It's funny. Apparently that David statue is a a a actual film prop that's been used in multiple uh films and and they they actually did the damage to it uh is is cg like they like the like the broken chunk that was missing (laughs) out of the leg with the replaced bar to to, for support and whatever that all the damage done to the actual statue was all cg uh done in post-production and but the actual the actual 12 foot reproduction of the david statue is apparently a legitimate uh, reproduction that is used for when films need to have the David statue that's in awesome. their movie. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. And that's, that's more of that background, just quiet CGI that you don't even notice, yeah. but it's integral to selling, you know, they didn't put it on the statue. It's just the statue. The statue's busted. That adds a whole nother layer of story to the fact that it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So besides the uh, the two King Arthur's uh, in this movie, uh, also in the same year, uh, Clive Owen and Chiwetel Ejiofor also appeared in Inside Man. Never saw. Oh yeah. What? No. You've never seen Spike Lee's Inside Man. I have not. Nor have I seen the sequel Outside Man. Oh whoa. Ah uh, man, dude. It's your fault, wow. Steve. Out of boy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I had to diffuse the uh, the tension, so I made a bad joke. Okay, that's my job on this show. Yeah, but unfortunately, most of your bad jokes just create more yeah, tension. Yeah, honestly, I'm so, even angrier uh, than I was not before. Okay. <laughs> and and the, and the fact that Julianne Moore was the only American actor in this movie. I always forget that Charlie uh, Hunnam or however you say his name isn't. Yeah, I only hear Jack yeah, when he really talks. Yeah. yeah, he's British. British, yeah. Yep. And uh, it was interesting. I don't know if anyone noticed this, but apparently Theo, while seen lighting many cigarettes in the film, never finishes one. Really? Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. He never finishes a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> like that movie. Well, this has nothing to do with it, but that movie, Thank You for yeah. Smoking. No one yes. smoked the entire film. Yeah, that's a fucking great movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, that's children of men. <laughs> and, uh, so just for the, uh, the martini real quick, um, with Alfonso Cuaron, uh, he has, he has directed eight films of which I've only seen four. Yikes. I bet you've seen each of them the end. I have. Yeah. I have. That is one of my four. And... Let me get to his page here. One second. Um, so, yeah, I've seen Gravity, Children of Men, uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Itu Mama Tambien. Uh, and I would have to say, out of those four films, my 
favorite of those films uh, is going to be uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, Best Harry Potter. It is. Hassan does not agree with us, but that's his nah. prerogative. I don't think um, I agree with that either, but go ahead. You didn't think what? I don't think I agree with that either, but that's Which just... is the best one then. Oh, okay. I'm not I'm not going down that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're allowed to I'm have your say, choice. I'm going to say the first one had the strongest shoulders. Uh, it built oh. an empire. Oh, that's a fair argument. I think everything that came after it was was built on that one. And frankly, franchises live or thrive or die based on the first film. That's a fair argument. That's fair. Uh, I would agree with you, except for the Mad Max argument. What about the, the, the next one is excellent. Who says it's not excellent? I'll fight them. I will. What is that? <laughs> You're going to tell me this Mad is, Max is better than the Road Warrior. This is why it's a rare. No, no, I'm not saying the superior films don't come, but I'm saying the first one always has to be great. Right? Sometimes sequels are better. I'm just yes. not the case of Harry Potter. Okay. I think the first one. I think you're wrong. I think that, yeah. that, well, that Azkaban is, is far and away the best film of the seven or of the of the eight. So, uh, but yeah, you know. well, isn't that the one that was the biggest book? But they shrunk it. Like they told like the biggest book in like two hours, right? No, that was uh, the, the biggest single no. book on one. They movie. get bigger but, as they go. They yeah. Go by. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I think the the I think the biggest one that they they because wasn't uh what's the what's the one. What's the it's it's Goblet of Fire, uh, Order of the Phoenix. Isn't that the biggest book? Oh yeah, I think you might be right. That one's my favorite. That that's the sound's favorite film. That's Order the one the with uh, Twilight, Batman. Yeah, no, that's Goblet. No, of that's Fire. Goblet of Fire. Oh okay, well then I don't know which one that is. <laughs> that's <laughs> why it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's the Sorry. one that. It's the one that fits between that and the Half Blood Prince. Here's Doesn't the thing, though, that's not fair. They, a lot of them blur together for me. Like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I listen. I I have unfairly seen all of them way too many times, and I'll admit that as such. But, uh, you know, I I think it's a, a an incredibly listen. At the end of the day, I think that overall, what they were able to do with that with that series and the consistency they were able to keep quality wise. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, changing directors. And, and then you get a guy that comes in and does what the last four David yeah, only three times, only three different yeah. directors. Yeah. Cause the first two were Chris Columbus mm-hmm. and then Alfonso Cuaron, but didn't somebody else, it was a David Yates did all of them, yeah. all the rest. of Yeah. Them? He did the rest of them. If I remember correctly, I thought yeah. that there was, I thought that there was somebody because I think they finally they finally they finally landed on a but right he, whoever directed all the Harry Potter movies Azkaban's not better than Children of Men Steve so sorry uh that's that agreed I I think Gravity might be his fit my favorite movie by him I well that I, makes you wrong too but that's okay yeah I mean <laughs> Gravity like Gravity is men a, are like tied I just Gravity is a great. <laughs> Gravity is a great movie, but I don't think it's because of Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, dude. I, I don't know. It's pretty. Here's Let's all agree on this. Cuaron's great, and I look forward to many more movies from him. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I think like we're splitting hairs at this Gravity, point. it's one of the best first watches ever, I think, of a movie. Yeah. Gravity was pretty thrilling in the theater, too. You need a big screen for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you I saw was... that at home, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hassan, you see that in the theater? If you saw that at home, you're a loser. Hassan, did you see that? Yes, I'm a loser then. That was amazing. Oh, you didn't see in the theater. That's embarrassing. Guess, guess me. Guess my 65 inch TV just isn't big enough to to consider no, it's me definitely being not. a loser. It's definitely not. Oh, Let no. me guess. The son oh didn't. See it I, I I'm I'm done speaking to you if on this subject. Introverts watch that film at home. Is that what I mean? I'm, if I'm, you saw Gravity at home, you're, you're a loser. loser. <laughs> Thanks to Fesby. What? How do you say the music place of this? Thing? Fesbian. 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 Nah. <laughs> Lesbian. It's, Lesbian. it's time. It's time for me to shut up, folks. Oh my and, god, uh, that was great. Uh, you should call the the podcast, even though it has nothing to do with gravity. If you saw gravity at home, you're a fucking loser, and that's the end of it. Seems harsh and you know a little Super too aggressive and a little like too it. judgmental. Yeah, I think, but it's no different than picking on Joss Whedon, right? We're just picking on our listeners that saw Gravity at home. Yeah, all eleven of them. Oh man, it'd be so great if Joss Whedon listened to this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I I don't remember seeing awesome. anybody who liked Joss Whedon is a loser. You know, that's weird. Fair that's, point. That's a strange. That's a strange juxtaposition. But all right, well, that's because that's not correct. I bet he'd love it, Joss. He probably would. The podcast? He'd probably, he'd probably just eat it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna email him and see if he'll come on. You should do that. Why oh not? God. Yeah. I mean, if I, I send him four thousand emails, four thousand super celebrities, one of them's gotta say that. Have hey, you guys if, done if, if, his, if his luck doesn't change, the this podcast would be a step up for his career. All right. Yeah, I mean, now fair. now's the time to go after him, right? <laughs> I mean, he couldn't be lower. Yeah. So now's the time. I'm sure he's got I'm sure he's not doing anything. I'm just saying if his if his luck doesn't change. James, buddy, thanks, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Uh, good James good lying. Two, <laughs> two, two good choices on uh on uh on our hundredth episode. And I appreciate you uh being a part of it. So I'm gonna try to tank if I ever come back. I want you to know my new goal oh is to get my movies. God. That, that is always hates. a challenge. Like everybody's like everyone they're hates. new. Everyone's new goal is to come back and try to piss everybody off. Like, I'm going to pick movies that's going to make everybody mad. James, just pick two horror movies. That's all you got to do. You couldn't possibly pick two. See, I won't hate them. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I said it. (laughs) Try and find find two horror movies that I hate. Good luck. You couldn't possibly outdo the the two worst movies that we've ever seen. I'm going to figure it out. I'll just go to video games. Couldn't possibly do it. I'll go to video game movies. I'll figure it out. Uh, I can't wait. You can't beat you can't beat our low point as far as I'm concerned. You won't be able to do it. You you can pick Prince of Persia (laughs) and Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Yeah, that still would be better than the low point. (laughs) I don't I don't think so. (laughs) Prince of Prince of Persia is uh uh, the just nonsense. Just I've never seen it. It's from literally from the opening scene, you never believe that Jake Gyllenhaal is Not that white. character and it's honestly it's it's the worst yeah but it's it has Gemma Arditon in it so you know it's it, the, it wins it's <laughs> the worst example or I should say the best example of how bad video game movies are that just basically end up looking like watching someone play the game for two hours yeah, it's like playing it's like watching a video game you can't play which sucks and it's not even that good like, because obviously, as Hassan knows, we will watch people play video games on YouTube, on run through, on speed runs, and shit like that. But 
watching watching Prince of Persia and watching watching whatever the fuck the Assassin's Creed film was. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even and, and maybe listen, I don't play the game, so maybe it's me that's fucked and doesn't understand the no, storyline. No, I play the games. The games are fucking awesome. That movie sucks. But I'm just like I all the fucking he's he's like in some kind of weird suspended time machine thing he's doing. Hey man, that. I bet you Gyllenhaal loves the house that it bought though. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. I hope he I like I hope he introduces it as Persia. I bought me a Bentley. <laughs> I am the prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah. This is my, this welcome is my, to Persia. This yeah, is my, this is my prop house. Yeah. That's what That's the Persia. mat says you wipe your feet on. Prince of Persia. Welcome Prince to Persia, Persia, baby. Yeah. Welcome to Persia. <laughs> Persiaville. Won't you take me to? That's a that's a classic of Michael Caine. Right? Yeah. I've never you know, I've never seen Jaws 4, but I've seen the house that it bought, and it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just got a pile of money in his living room. He's like, oh, that's my Persian rug. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well done. All right. See you later. Bye. Right, bye. bye. Peace out. Oh, thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all of our past episodes. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can listen to us on all major social media accounts. You can listen to us or you can follow us on all social media. <laughs> also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at Cinemental Pod. For Asan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, and James Ninnis, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and dystopian baby saver, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.